Hello, this is May El-Sadani, and I'm the Managing Director and Legal and Judicial Director at the Tahrir Institute for Middle East Policy. Today, I'm joined by Besma Alouche. Besma is a non-resident fellow at TIMEP, where she focuses on humanitarian trends and emerging issues in MENA. She also serves as Policy and Advocacy Advisor at Norwegian Refugee Council USA. Besma, thank you so much for being here. Hi, May. Thanks for having me. Great to speak this morning. This past month, residents entered their 15th year under blockade. You recently published a piece on the topic for Time Up. In this piece, you detail the conditions that many residents experience under blockade, leading some to describe the Gaza Strip as the world's largest open air prison, including a lack of regular electricity, clean water, homes destroyed by ongoing violence. How have these conditions shaped dependency on international aid? Thanks again, May, for having me. And as you said, the blockade on Gaza has essentially cut off almost 2 million people from the rest of the world. Not only are they facing shortages in all kinds of basic services, but they live in complete isolation and completely under the behest of the Israeli occupying forces that get to decide how much is allowed in and when. So Gaza's economy was already in a steep downward decline and the COVID pandemic was just kind of the added layer of pressure um, that strained Gazans' lives. So the unemployment rate is now almost at 50%. Thousands of working age Gazans can't find jobs and are denied the freedom to move out of the Gaza Strip to be able to search for opportunities elsewhere. And they really are finding themselves in an unsustainable um, situation where they can barely get, you know, get enough um, resources, gather enough resources to sustain their families. So the cycles of hostilities and destruction prohibits many from being self-sustainable and self-reliant. And all these factors have spearhead, you know, that are spearheaded by the blockade drive hundreds of thousands of Gazans to remain dependent on humanitarian assistance. And so there's an increase uh, from 18% of Gazans that were dependent on humanitarian assistance in 2019. And by March this year, we saw an incredible spike up to 70%, where now the uh, Gazans, about 70% of the Gazan population is dependent on humanitarian assistance. Besma, let me ask you, what are the shortcomings of this humanitarian assistance of, and of international aid to Gaza more generally? So humanitarian assistance by design is supposed to be short term. It's supposed to address you know, the emergency life-threatening needs while development and political actors find longer term solutions. And these ideally are supposed to go, you know, are supposed to happen in parallel. But what we're seeing in Gaza is a complete stalemate on the political front. And what makes matters worse is now we're seeing politicians use and manipulate humanitarian assistance to advance their political agendas. So we saw under the Trump administration, they cut funds to the UNRWA. It's the UN agency that's in charge um, or mandated to assist Palestinians and Palestinian refugees. So foreign assistance, at least from the U.S. government under the Trump administration, was no longer neutral or impartial. And it's, you know, when the U.S. leads, others follow. 
And I think this example really uh, is, a, is a dangerous precedent. And, and we see this um, having ripple effects in Israel, where Israelis are also now blocking humanitarian assistance. They're not allowing aid to, to flow freely into Gaza, um, and they are tying political um, objectives to, to the delivery of assistance. And so holding Palestinians in Gaza hostage to, to, the, to politics in these abysmal living conditions is essentially a form of collective punishment. And they're really putting the onus and the blame on these innocent Palestinian lives in Gaza. Um, and they're holding them kind of hostage or um, they're holding them uh, to blame or um, for, for the behaviors of, 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 you know, malign political actors. Sure. So let me ask you, and we have a few seconds left, what does a long-term solution, a sustainable solution look like for reconstruction in Gaza and support for Gazans? So long-term aid and support for, for Gazans has to be really grounded in the needs of, of the people on the ground. So it's not just about physical reconstruction. It's also about restoring services, increasing jobs, and investing in youth activities that really allow Gazans to be able to dream and hope for a better future so that it, they're empowered to take control of their lives and you know are able to, fr to freely move in and out as they as they please and are able to access the goods that they need to, to survive. Thank you, Besma, for joining me today. And I hope that we can all find ways to keep the stories of everyday residents front and center in the work that we do. Thank you again, May, for having me. And I really hope we're able to do that too.